Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey everybody, welcome to today's show. Like he said, I'm David Henry and I'm really excited for today's podcast and uh, hopefully um, this podcast goes well today because I'm a little bit under the weather. I got a bit of a cold um, going on here, and so hopefully I can knock this thing out without losing my voice or uh, coughing too much, and I can get this information out to you. And the reason why I'm excited today, and actually this this fits in perfectly with my cold, is that we're talking about planning a big event part two. And it's funny because, of course, I've got a cold. I'm a little bit under the weather, and Many of you guys know when when you do this, when you're planning a big event, when you're working on a big event, when you're working on a production, if it's time when you've got to set the show up, you know, and uh, program and make the show happen, it doesn't really matter if you're a little under the weather or not. Um, this is a slight little rant. You know, that's that's one of the uh, upsides and downsides to this business. There's a lot of upsides. I'm doing this professionally, I can tell you. Um, the ability to kind of set your own schedule and uh, be able to, you know, work um, and, and have off when other people don't have off. Um, and it, it's really a cool thing. But the downside of that is, you know, sometimes you're the guy, you're the lighting guy, you're the audio guy, you're whoever, you know the show. And if you're not feeling your best, unless you're, you know, really sick, um, you know, you really need to make the show happen. The show must go on. So with that said, um, today's show must go on and a uh, quick little bit of lighting news as as we begin. Um, I picked up a new magazine this week. Actually, I subscribed a little while ago. Worship AVL. It's a free trade magazine like a lot of the ones that I feature here in lighting news. And uh, I was surprised I hadn't heard of it before. It seems to be, um, it might be a little bit um, towards the European side, but they, they ship to the U.S. Um, and so, you know, that's great. Yeah, actually, um, yeah. They're in the UK. Um, they have an office in Singapore and in Beijing. So very much not US based. Um, but you know, that's totally cool. But I, I enjoyed reading this and I read it earlier this week um, for a few reasons. Um, one that was interesting is that it was very gear focused. Um, and I'm not saying that's good or bad or, you know, anything like that. But I'm just saying like more like some of these other magazines that are out there, they all kind of cover these same couple events and talk about the gear behind them. And I felt like while those same events and, and installs and stuff like that were in this Worship AVL magazine, um, there were also some things that I had never seen in any other magazine and just some new product announcements and, and stuff like that that I found interesting. Secondly, what I enjoyed was um, they had a couple really great articles. Now, this is more on the AV side than the... Uh, than the lighting side, but I think it applies because a lot of us who do lighting work with other AV as well. And so they had a great article in there this month, and I'll make sure to link to it because you can get to it online, as to where to place a subwoofer and how to choose subs uh, in a building. It's, it's aimed at the worship market, but you know what? Guess what? Placing a subwoofer um, isn't just a church thing. <laughs> you know, anybody that works with audio is going to be able to work with that too. And there was also, um, see if I could find it here on their website, there was also a great article about the inverse square law and how it affects audio. And uh, it affects lighting in the same way as well. So that is very applicable as well. I'm sure um, if I find it or if I don't find it, um, Kari will look for it when she's posting up the show notes. But if not, um, you can find it from Worship AVL and we'll be sure to have those links for you. So with that said, 
A um, couple other quick bit of business um, before we get into our main segment. Um, if you are new here, and if you're getting started with lighting, or maybe you've been using lighting for a little while, I want to get a free guide in your hands to help you with your lighting. And so that free guide is over at learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. And you might be saying, David, why quiz? Well, um, why quiz is because I have a couple quick questions for you to answer. It's just going to ask you about your experience level with lighting and uh, what type of lighting you do. And then I can send out a guide that's customized to the type of lighting that you do um, into your email. So be on, go ahead over there, learnstagelighting.com slash quiz, and uh, we'll be sure to get that in your hands. All right. Now, let's dive in and talk about planning your big event, part two. All right, so in part one of this segment, we talked about pre-production, preparation, and setup. Those, those first three phases um, that are part of any type of big event. You know, whether you're going ahead and um, doing a big church service, maybe it's a Christmas, Easter, you know, just a big event at the church, whether it's a theater show, whether it's a big gig for your band, whatever the big event is, there's there's a lot that's going to be in common with the preparation and setup and, and how the show goes. And so I just want to talk through those things here. So if you missed the first segment, uh, I need you to make sure you go check it out, episode 41 of this very podcast, laurenstagelighting.com slash 041. And of course, we will have the link right here in the show notes so that you can find it as well. So we talked about everything through the setup and kind of the basic pre-programming that you might do um, during a setup time for a big show or event. And so now I want to talk about rehearsals, Okay. Now, you might be laughing when I say rehearsals. You might say, well, David, you know, the event that I'm doing doesn't have rehearsals. And if that's the case, you know, hang in there. We'll be talking about something that applies a little bit more to you in a second. But if you do have rehearsals, it is an excellent time to really get programming and get things together. Now, depending on what you're doing, there may be a wide variety of what a rehearsal looks like. It may be as simple as just some time that you have to program during a sound check for a band or something like that. Or it may be all the way to a theatrical show or a well-planned uh, and, and highly produced church service where you've got, you know, significant amounts of rehearsals, starting with basic, you know, rehearsals, maybe a technical rehearsal where just the technical people are in the room running through the various cues, all the way to full-blown dress rehearsals and maybe even previews, you know, as we often uh, see in the theater world where you bring in an audience um, that may be paying, they may not be paying, um, a small audience to basically do an extra dress rehearsal where it's okay if a few things go wrong and need to be tweaked. And so rehearsals can be any variety of these different types of, of uh, looks, you know, they can be something very simple, very humble. They can be something very complex. But regardless of what they are, this is your time to use what you've pre-programmed, those groups, presets, and possibly cues. And you're going to use those to build up your final cues, okay? And as rehearsals move on, the, the biggest thing that you're going to want to do is you see the band play through songs, see the theater show work through the acts and the different cues, is you want to go ahead, you know, the first thing you want to do in rehearsals is really finalize the different cues you're doing. Now, depending on the type of show, that may be just a straight up theatrical style cue stack, as we call it, where you literally just in one big list of cues, 
program out your entire show, and then um, for the show, somebody just hits go to play through them constantly. But it may also be that you run things a little more live and on the fly. Maybe there's some ambiguity in how the show is going to run. Maybe you know, if you've worked with the group who's doing the show service or uh, event, maybe you know that they're not going to follow the script that they have, and, and you need to be ready for that as a lighting person, okay? So whatever's going on, you know, now is your time to really program and really tweak things and get it just right for the show. Because the idea when the show starts is that we want to be able to go ahead and really sit back and press, you know, buttons and and execute. You don't want to be thinking about during the show, okay, I'm not sure what's going to happen next. And you also don't want to be thinking about during the show, you know, okay, I'm not sure what look I'm going to do next. You want to, as best you can, predefine that kind of stuff. Now, you might be saying, David, you know, you don't know this group I work with. That's not going to work. They don't pre-plan like that. And so, you know, if that's the case, then during the rehearsals, it's your time to watch what they're doing, take notes, and have things ready so that when you hit certain points in the show, you know exactly what you're going to go with and have things programmed so that when things go off the rails, when you um, don't get everything that uh, when you're not sure what's coming up next, you're, you're ready to, to bring great lighting and make it look like even if the event organizers didn't do a great job of planning, make it look seamless, okay? And and that's what gets you called back, especially if you're being hired for something. You know, that's what gets you called back is when things don't work well, but but you as the lighting person or whatever you're doing during the show, audio, video, whatever, is prepared and able to make the event look to the audience like, like nothing ever went wrong or like nothing ever went off the rails. Now, Taking a quick step back to rehearsals, I kind of got into the show here, but it's taking a step back into rehearsals. Um, if there's any sort of cue sheet that you can get from the folks in charge of the event, any sort of, hey, this is what we think the event's going to look like, you know, here's the things that are going to happen at these times, hopefully, then that's like gold, okay? Because then you can work with that sheet and add your own notes as to what lighting you're going to do, what cues you're going to perform, and run during various parts of this show, okay? Now, let's talk about if you don't have anything. Well, if if you don't have any sort of cue sheet, you know, you may be, like I mentioned, a cue sheet before, you may be doing a theatrical show where you have a full script where you're able to write cue numbers in, and that's great. But if you don't have that, as I've talked before, you just really want to be able to be ready for anything. You want to be ready with a punt page, be ready to roll. And actually, we'll post... A link here to two articles on learning stage lighting. One is my interview with Nook Schoenfeld. I'm about punting things live and on the fly, and um, and then and that's on learningstagelighting.com. And then also, the other article will be um, what do I do when the show runs off the tracks? We'll post to that too. There's a video on YouTube, and I believe an accompanying accompanying article on learning stage lighting that I want to make sure to get in your hands. Okay, so you may need to be ready to punt. Now, at this point, the show's going to happen, and and what's going to happen is going to happen. So be prepared. Make sure you've thought through, especially in rehearsals as we cross over from rehearsal to show, make sure you've thought through what you're going to do even when people aren't on stage. Okay, because the doors are going to be open, right? The audience is going to walk in, 
that's whether it's a theatrical show, whether it's um, a band, whether it's a church service, you know, these things are going to happen. The audience is going to come in. The performers are going to take the stage and then the show is going to happen. There might be an intermission. And then after the show, the opposite's going to happen, right? They're, the performers are going to leave the stage. Then the audience is going to leave the room. And you want to pre be prepared ahead of time. Think through what you're going to do for all those times. What kind of look you're going to go to, what you're going to have, etc. And so once you've got that all together, you know, as I mentioned before, if you prepare well for the events, the event will generally be easy, even if the event's organizers aren't very organized, okay? Um, if they're the opposite of organizers, if you feel like maybe they're event disorganizers, and you know that happens from time to time, and it's, it's sad, but it does happen. And what really, you know, as I mentioned before, what really separates, you know, the, the lighting people who really have it together versus them um, who do not is your ability to be ready to go have pre-programmed what you have pre-programmed, but also be ready when things come up totally on the fly and you've got to make adjustments, you've got to make changes, you've got to make things happen, being ready to do that so that it looks like nothing ever went wrong. Okay, so once the show is over, it becomes time to load out or tear down. And just like setup, tear down is important to keep organized. In fact, especially if you're using paid crew, but even if you're not, you can really hurt your budget or the budget of the show in the teardown. How's that? Well, I've seen this many times. Obviously, if you're paying labor and things are disorganized, then it's going to take a lot longer to tear down and your labor cost is going to go up, okay? If, you're, um, if everyone's exhausted, if everybody's tired, you could have um, some safety situations going on. And it's important to always be safe when you're working with lighting, right? Because there's some really dangerous things. There's heavy equipment. There's sometimes things suspended overhead. There's electricity. And so you need to be careful. There can be trip hazards, stuff like that when you're tearing down. And so it's really important to keep organized and to have a plan in place when you tear down. And let me tell you, when you pre-plan for the tear down, and I mean like before the show even starts, be planning for the teardown. When you do this, you're able to not only have a teardown that's easier on you and less frustrating, but also that saves money. Because when you tear down in a hurry or it's disorganized, things get broken, whether it's lights, set pieces, audio equipment. Things may get lost. They may get mishandled, things like that. Um, things will not be as organized when you go to put them back on the shelf or you go put them back in a case and return that case to a rental company or things like that. And, and thinking of rental companies, if you don't put things back the way they came, if you don't return things in the same condition or better than you got it, then it's going to tell that rental company that you don't want to work with them anymore. And it's going to make them not want to work with you. So ultimately, and I've been on both sides of the fence here, both on someone who's renting and on the rental company side, that, you know, you really want to be as courteous and respectful as you can when you rent equipment. Make sure you return it in, in the same or better condition than you got it in. 
That means putting things in the case the same way, keeping things organized, making sure if there's clamps or other accessories that come with the lights, that they all go back together at once. And so, you know, if you rented cables, making sure they're wrapped neatly when they go back. Um, And, you know, you really want to make sure to take care of that stuff because when you take care of your rental company in the future, when you use them again, they're going to take care of you. You know, and I think that's just basic human understanding, basic relationship 101 there. You know, that um, you need to be nice to the people you rent stuff from. You need to be nice to their gear. And when you do that, it's going to benefit you in the long run, whether that means a longer relationship, maybe that means better pricing. Maybe that simply means if something goes wrong or you need something else last minute, they're able to get you something or they'll, you know, go the extra mile for you where they might not do that if you didn't have that good relationship. So that's just a little note there. But once you're done tearing down, everything's put away, everything's cleaned up and reset to uh, however it needs to be, whether that's in a venue that you own, like a church or a theater, whether or whether it's somewhere you rent, also like a theater, like a corporate event, like an event in a rented space, maybe it's outdoors. Once you've returned the space back to its original condition or whatever condition you need to return it to, it's time to debrief, okay? So go take a nap um, because it, you're probably tired after pulling off a big event. Um, that's pretty much always true. And and then come back with the production team with as many of the uh, you know important people from the production as you can get and debrief, okay? Even if it's over, you know, like a Zoom call, even if it's like a, a web, you know, meeting of people together, it's important to debrief or maybe it's you know before a celebratory dinner or a party you know or something like that because you know no event is perfect okay i've worked a lot of wonderful events with wonderful people i've worked events that happen every year and we get smoother and smoother every year because we're essentially doing something that's the same or or very similar again and again okay so i've worked all kinds of events like this but i can tell you that these events, no matter how good we get at producing them, they're never perfect. And when you go ahead and you take notes, and shortly after the the event is over, you sit down and you work with everybody involved in the event, at least the, the people in charge of the various departments and things, sit down and, you know, just talk about, say, hey, you know, I thought of when we were setting up you know, the lighting people were, were kind of over on this side of stage and the audio people need to be there too. And we were just, we kept running into each other and it wasn't very efficient. How can we improve on that next time? And you might say, well, you know, I really need to be over there. I need to do that with the lighting before I can do anything else. And, and so, and the audio guy might say the same thing. And so maybe you say, well, okay, but next time we're just going to offset and the lighting people will start an hour or two earlier and then the audio people will come in. You know, there, there's a lot of options of different things, but it's it's best to just take notes as you're going through, you know, find points during the event, whether it's set up the show itself or service or whatever kind of event it is, um, you know, take notes as you go along, just jot things down in your phone or however you want, and then come back together as a debriefing meeting to, you know, figure out how to improve for the next time you do an event like this. Because I can tell you that every minute that you put into a simple meeting like this, that could last just an hour, maybe not even that, maybe more. Again, that really depends on the size and scale of the event. But, you know, the amount of time that you put into this meeting is going to return itself um, in multiples. Okay, it really is. When you plan well, 
And when you improve on what you've done in the past, it's really going to come back and it's really going to help you in the future. So I can't recommend doing this enough. All right, guys. Well, that is uh, what I've got for planning your big event. And actually, can you do me a favor today? Um, If you liked this podcast and uh, the previous one, episode 41, Planning Your Big Event Part 1, can you go over to learnstagelighting.com slash iTunes and let some people know about it? Um, That is one of the the biggest ways you can help the podcast is I know this is a busy week. I know Thanksgiving is is coming uh, really soon and you probably got a lot on your plate, but just taking a minute because you listen to this and going to learnstagelighting.com slash iTunes, you can then go ahead and just find the place where you leave a review. Go ahead and, and type in a few takeaways that you got from today's podcast, okay? And then... Last but not least, um, you just go ahead, you know, leave a review, leave a rating. I hope I've earned five stars from you. And uh, that's really going to help people learn about the podcast. And of course, I'll let people know that you left that review here and I'll probably even read it on the show. So thank you in advance for doing that. All right. Show notes for today's episode will be found at learnstagelighting.com slash 043. And um, next week, Actually, it'll be in two weeks. We're going to do a Q&A. So happy Thanksgiving to you. Um, I know I'm going to be off visiting family. My assistant may be as well. I'm not sure. And so I want to make sure I give everybody the day off for Thanksgiving. And so we're going to be taking off next Tuesday. We're not going to have a podcast next Tuesday um, after Thanksgiving. But then we will return, of course, the week after that with our regular weekly schedule. So have a great week. Have a great Thanksgiving. And I hope you've learned something today that's going to improve your lighting. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.